Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bruin Angel. Bruce should be on very shortly. Uh, welcome back to the NFL. Great debut by uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, kids doing some work right now, over 100 yards already. We're not even, the, well, game is now going into the fourth quarter. Um, Chiefs leading 24 7. A lot of stuff going on in sports today. You have um, an exciting hockey game right now with the with uh, I'm sorry, with the Golden Knights and Stars tied up two two. Let's just double check to make sure nothing happened there. Okay, yep, currently it's two two. Three minutes ago, um, furious comeback by the Rockets falls short to LeBron James and the Lakers. Lakers now up 3-1 in that series. Look to wrap it up. MLB. Got a lot of games going on. Currently, Reds are beating the Cubs. Bottom of the third, 3-0. San Diego slam Diego over San Francisco. And my heart goes out to everybody in the you know, Northern California there. I got family that lives in San Francisco uh, with the wildfire. Um, pretty eerie, but actually on the same flip, uh, pretty cool looking picture of um, San Francisco's home ballpark. It, you know, the wildfires lit it up in a beautiful orange, which was kind of cool because that's uh, the color of the San Francisco Giants. So it's kind of cool to see that, but, you know, obviously it's not the – you know, greatest circumstance in the world. Um, so that's they're winning, they're beating uh, San Francisco five to one, top of the fifth. Nothing, nothing. L.A. and and the uh, Diamondbacks. We got the Marlins beating uh, the Phillies. I'm sure George will be happy about that. Seven six, seven six. Also Braves over the Nationals. Kansas City beating uh, Cleveland eleven to one. Detroit beating St. Louis, 6-3. Angels beat the Rangers, 6-2. Oakland beat uh, Houston, 3-1. St. Louis beat Detroit in the first game of the doubleheader, 12-2. And the Red Sox, thank you, Red Sox, beat the Rays, 4-3. Yankees got postponed due to the rain in Baltimore. And... um, they really need to get together. Uh, playing lifeless. Um, I haven't seen a, a Yankee team play this flat in I don't know how long. Uh, they're missing fire. I know, you know, you always make uh, excuses for injuries. However, nobody really cares. 
Um, as a Yankee fan, you know, I know what people are going to say to me. They, they're not going to cry for us. They're not going to do any, any of that bullshit. Uh, it is what it is. You know, last year we had the same problem. But, you know, we had our reserves step up and play absolutely out of their mind. Um, I know before we talked about uh, the universal DH, and I talked about how, you know, I got tired of seeing pitchers, you know, hitting under 200, you know, some of them under 100, striking out more than 50% of the time. Well, that's Gary Sanchez. 121 for what should be the best hitting catcher in the, in the league. I know JT is up there, and I know George will, you know, jump down my throat if you heard me make that comment. But Gary Sanchez should be right there in that conversation. But for the last year and a half, man, oh, my God, he has looked completely lost. I mean, two strikes. You know they're throwing a slider down and away. We all know it. Everybody knows it. I'm sure Aaron Boone's yelling slider. Be a savage in the box and lay off that slider. But, uh, yeah, no, Gary, uh, for some reason, uh, he cannot hit that pitch. You know, he's swinging at it, and he's striking out, you know, in that 50% clip. This is a team with, with championship aspirations, and you're supposed to be a key cog. And, and you, you're hitting no better than, Jesus, Bartolo Colon. Did I just compare Gary Sanchez to Bartolo Colon? Shit. He's hitting 121, 13 hits, and 107 at-bats. As we say in uh, in our Latin community, community, Dios mío. What the hell is going on? He has 50 strikeouts and 122 at bats. Wow! What? What? I I, I can't even. I don't think Wade Box struck out 50 times in a season, and we're talking about already in 30 games. So he's played 34 games, and he struck out 50 times. That's almost two times a game. What's that? This is supposed to be a, an offensive leader of your team. You know, the other day, Yankees had Brett Gardner hitting third. And, you know, we all love Gardy. But that should be... That should be Gary Sanchez sitting in that spot. Gary Sanchez reminds me... Hits his demeanor in a box. He reminds me of Manny Ramirez. There's no doubt in my mind that he should be putting up Manny Ramirez type numbers from the catcher's position. 
Okay, let's correct that. Maybe not Manny Ramirez numbers, but you can easily see a Piazza, even a Todd Hundley in his prime. People love to, to bash Jorge Posada, but Posada, he was as consistent as they came. Great presence in the lineup, switch hitter, showed up every day to work. Every day. And, you know, people can talk about his defense. He was a very good thrower. He caught the ball, which is something that Gary Sanchez isn't doing. The only real knock against Posada's defense was his tag. All right. Unmuted. What's up, Georgie? What's up, Georgie? Hello? Hello? All right, I guess we'll wait for George's call back. But, um... Yeah, you know, people want to, you know, really rake on Posada, but I think that's just Yankee bias of these people. Um, let's try this one more time. George, you there? Hello, sir. Hello there. Hello. I missed you're you. On, let me just double check. Yeah, you know what? It's good to be missed. Yeah. It really is. And now that you're on, I just do want to say um, very sorry to hear with Tom Seaver passing and Lou Brock. You know, my condolences go out to those families. Um, the shit that uh, Tom was dealing with towards the end of his life there. I, I, I don't know how people can have the courage and grace to go through that type of infliction. Of, uh, but I guess God needed an ace and a leadoff hitter, and he called him in last week. Yeah. Well, you know, so he, he, you, he, was, he was. Yeah, it's it's it's. I got the opportunity to meet Tom Seaver once. It was at a card show. And I was just in the lobby of where the card show was. And to say gentlemen is an understatement for Tom Seaver. You know, like a lot of people say at these card shows, especially like the bigger ones, like the ones they used to have in Sea Caucus. Mm-hmm. And they'd sit in the lobby because they didn't want to pay, you know, the price to get the guy to sign something. And... You know, he obliged a couple people, and and I was just sitting there and just wanted to shake the man's hand. And it was amazing. So, yeah, he's... he's, You know, there's so many few athletes out there that a rival can say, you know what, I got nothing bad to say about him. Mm-mm. Oh, look at that. Interception by uh, Houston at the goal line. 24-7 Kansas City. All right. So that's uh, how we have a flip. Uh, I do have to say, um, 
if we do want to talk a little fantasy, I love Edward Tolaire. Oh, never mind about Can that I? interception. It's a penalty, and they get the ball back. Can I tell you what I found to be one of the best things that ESPN Fantasy did this year? And they've had it for years, but you never look at it. And a couple leagues I'm in actually went and made the move to this team quarterback. Okay. I The league I'm in, I've been in for shit, almost 20 years now. Great league, but it started to get stale. You know, like Nobody, like, you haven't had anybody leave the group in a long time. So, like, the league got stale. So, I said to, you know, we have, like, three guys that kind of run it now. It's like I'm, and I, I like, leverage my way. And I said, with the way 2020 is, let's just fucks around with the league. We added punters. We've added head coaches. Are you going, are you going off of like punt average or touchbacks or you know what, what are you actually uh, doing for the punter? I think it's punt average, punts inside the twenty, punts inside the ten. Get your points. Um, Touchback, lose your points. Like, all my dream was to have had, had the opportunity like four years ago to put this in so I could have drafted Pat McAfee. <laughs> oh, touchdown. Touchdown, Kansas City, so they'll be up 31-7. to You know, one of my favorite leagues that I ever did for fantasy, we did mm. uh, NHL, yeah. and we gave points for fights, penalties. I mean, I had that. That's like the one year like Barney Barney was going nuts, where he had penalties, goals, points. Yeah. Yeah, I had him. I had. Uh, Brad May. Was that the year? He, um, was that the year he played with Mess? I think it was, yeah. Or Lindros, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was fun. I was like, you know what? You know, we gotta, you know, you gotta go ahead and you gotta put added spice to the points. You know, you, you gotta Just, get some. some I, I look at this with fantasy. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying, you, you gotta give some some nice zest going on. You know, you, you got to give some intrigue and you got to give some fun. You know, because, listen, goals, you know, okay, so if we're talking football, you're talking about yards and catches. Okay, but what else wins? What else does the work? You know, what else can you do? You know, I kind of like your idea with the punter. It's kind of fun, man. You know. You know, um, and look, it's like, one of the, and, and this year, was the perfect year to do that with. You don't know how many games they're going to play. 
they don't know how many games they're going to play. Well, I do have to tell you, I don't know if you know, but the game has 25% uh, fans inside. Yeah. So there are fans so in the game. I, I don't understand how – and I get Roger Goodell's – holy shit. Um, that was the quickest like that likes ever been. Um, That's what she said. Yeah. No, I, I I was just hoping I didn't get tagged as I went through it. Um, like Roger Goodell is a bonehead. Like I'm sorry, but I don't understand how you could say, okay, this team is going to have fans. This team's not going to have fans. It should have been like baseball, all or nothing. Well, I think what they did was. I think what they did was they just went by the local government, and I think Jacksonville is the only other team right now cleared for fans. But it's funny, like, do they actually have fans in Jacksonville? Dallas (laughs) doesn't have fans. No, they're not having fans. Yeah, the only two teams I heard so far is Kansas City and Jacksonville. They're the only ones that, that got the green light, and they're the, and they're at twenty five percent. So, I'm just curious how they kind of how they picked and choose who I got the. I don't know how Miami. Well, again, I can't see how Miami and Tampa are going to have fans, but maybe they're just waiting until they get to the point where it's you know the week for their home opener. Yeah, I don't know how Goodell is uh, going to make that determination because wouldn't you assume you you would need some type of, um, you know, kind of giddy-up in terms of uh, doing it, uh, you know, setting up the stadiums for proper, you know, social distancing, setting all that stuff up? Look. So Those I'm really curious on that an NFL stadium, a professional stadium. They can look. I mean, if you look at what they can do in two and a half hours on a changeover from hockey to basketball or basketball to hockey, they only need a couple. They they need a day or two just for the social distance. Now I'm curious if any of the fans you know get COVID, what? So let's say if it comes down uh, tomorrow, two people got COVID from tonight's game. So What's it's the not fallout be tomorrow? On because there's a, there's a 48 hour gestation right, period. Right, but I'm just you know I'm just saying. Because I know, like, Look, with the if NFL... They come out of this game with, if they come out with COVID, they had COVID when they walked in there. I believe so. You know, so it's not like, oh, they went into the game and they got COVID from the game. I, Look, you're talking about places where COVID really hasn't been what it was in New York. Like, Kansas City... Kansas City is not going to have 
There's not many people there if they're on New York. And 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 I look at it this way. You want to go to Disney World, you want to go to Universal Studios, you want to go to a football game, you want to go to a hockey game, you want to go to a baseball game, you want to go to a basketball game, you want to go to any fucking sport, you want to go to a concert, a Broadway show, guess what? You are accepting the liability. Yes. Just as you do with going to a baseball game that you may get in the head with a fucking line drive. Can I give you a quick uh, fancy? uh, I'm going to see a quick fancy update. David Johnson is running like David Johnson. He, so far, he's uh, at ten yards. I'm sorry, ten carries, seventy-three yards, and a touchdown. Now, the Houston offense looks kind of shitty because they got nobody to replace Hopkins right now. But well, dude, nobody David Johnson is doing right. David Johnson is doing work. I just wanted to. I'm sorry. I just had to toss that fantasy update there. So continue. I'm sorry. But wait, like you go to a baseball game, you go to a hockey game, you accept the fact that there is an inherent risk of being at a sporting event. Right. Just like if you're a at a baseball game, come over to you know, class, he, he, baseball may fly right. into the stands. The fucking bat may fly into the stands. You accept that risk. They make those announcements now, you know, during the game. If you, know, you are it, dumb it, enough it, to sit there on your iPhone during the game, not paying attention to the game, and you get fucking walloped, or, God forbid, your kid gets walloped like has happened, don't fucking start going, well, now we got to put up fucking nets everywhere. That's bullshit. Because if you are sitting close enough to the field, you spent damn good money on them fucking tickets. Don't take your three-year-old. You want your three-year-old to you know, go to a game, sit in the fucking stand. One thing that, you know, I love sitting on the third and first base sides. I, I mean, that's like my favorite thing. I like sitting in the outfield. I like the opportunity mm-hmm. to catch the ball. Um, yeah. Somerset Patriot tickets. You know, when we moved out here, we started going a lot more than what we have in the past. But what what do we do? Since we have the family, we sat behind home plate. I don't like sitting behind home plate. I like, like I said, I like to be on the angles. I like to be able to catch balls. But I yeah. have a family. Oh, well, we know you like to catch balls. I love balls, especially in my face. Yeah. Um, uh, but. But like, yeah, with balls. like, I know in Trenton, like, they had to put up something to block the where the food, like, where the, like, the concession areas were. Because on a concession area in a minor league game, your back's to the field. Right. Okay, I understand that. I understand that a minor league game, putting a net down past first base. I completely get that. Because guess what? There's not... A fucking grandstand there. We're not talking like Citizens Bank Park, where row 40 in the first deck is undercover, and you're 200 feet away from the fucking field. I get that. 
in, like, in Trent and in Somerset, because it's the same fucking ballpark. All the yeah. jerseys fields are built the same. They're all built the same. The only one that's not is, like, Yogi Berra. And that place... Yeah, I haven't been out there. No they have no refuge from the sun. That's why they don't play many day games. But, like, plus they don't have any luxury boxes either, so kudos to them. But, like, when you look at, like, all these other, like, minor league stadiums, like, um, I've been to Bright House, Field, Bright House Network Field in Clearwater where the Phillies have spring training. Their concourse is built like Citizens Bank. The whole complex is built like Citizens Bank is. Well, that's a new so thing. And I think the Yankees really started that trend when they did Steinbrenner Field. And yeah. I guess everybody kind of said, you know what, that's actually smart. Because if you build your your minor league park towards that, especially when you're doing uh, spring training, it's kind of yeah. like one of those dress rehearsals where you can kind of see – how a player would actually play on that field without having to be there. Which, you know, maybe think, like with the whole COVID stuff, if you're going to start the season, start in the minor league ballparks in some of these guys, because there really are many major league stadiums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when the Grand Yankees signed, I forget how long they extended it for, but they took over PNC Field in um, – Moosick, Pennsylvania. They shut that place down for, I don't know, a year or two? And completely redid the place. Now it mimics Yankee Stadium. And it's a cool place to see a game. You know, especially when you're when you're a marquee team like the Yankees. Like, who really wouldn't want to go to Yankee Stadium? You know, a, a lot of people want that feeling, and they want to go to that type of historical stadium. And if you get a stadium that kind of replicates that feel, you yeah. know, it's good business. Um, are you ready to throw up? Vegas is lost. Yeah, Vegas is lost. I was headed on the iPad. Oh, they lost? Yeah. Well, I, um, I was going to tell you uh, my first ten minutes of uh, the show while, while you were at, uh, while you were on. I kind of made a comment today that would have you throwing up in your, you know, where you sit. Which is Gary Sanchez. Thanks. You know how he's hitting like a pitcher, and he needs oh touchdown Houston. <coughs> 7.15 to go. They'll be down by, what is that? 17, it looks like. But I said that he should be the second best hitting catcher in the league. And I know JT is definitely in that conversation. But I'm just saying, like, this is the type of skill this guy has. And he's hitting 121. In 36 games, he struck out 50 times. And it's disgusting. You know, yeah. The Yankees have been lifeless, boring to watch. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a diehard fan. 
it's been yeah. really, really rough for me to even, you know, consider watching them. Yeah, I watch because I, I, I like it, but I'm telling you, like, I, I, I go through some of these games, and I'm like, Christ Almighty, outside of, let's say, DJ LeMahieu. Um, Who's the only professional hitter on that team? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking the other day I how Guardy and I love Guardy. I know you love Guardy. We all love Guardy, but there's no reason why Guardy should be hitting third in this lineup, in any lineup. No. No. Nope. You know, I I would rather you have Guardy lead off and drop Lemay Mayhew into the second or third spot in the order. Yeah. And I know injuries aren't a viable excuse. I know nobody gives a hell, you know, gives a shit about injuries. Nobody cares about the Yankees and their problems. Um, no, it's not. But look, everybody I think, goes I think last year, right. I, I think last year was the anomaly because you had everybody that stepped in played above their expectations. You know. Well, see, I look at it this had, way: like the eighteen Red Sox. When you look at that team that won the World Series, mm-hmm. they hit almost like 350 with runners in scoring position. You don't yeah. hit 350 with runners in scoring position. No. They were like, League average they were like 600 with a guy on third. Yeah. yeah a, a guy on third under two outs. They were hitting like 600. Like, that doesn't happen. So, like. Right. They were like above and beyond. And. You know they won it. They won that title despite Kimbrel blowing up. You know Kimbrel. You know. Yeah. You know he was. You know, I, I don't know what's up with him. Like his stuff is there, but he's not missing bats anymore. I think what he he should have like almost a six ERA with, with Chicago right now. Yeah. And he still and you he still has a high ninety fastball. Well, it may not be moving either. I mean, you know, it's what had it, what. It's the one thing that made like Trevor Hoffman and Mariano so special. Like those guys that could close. Like that's why I think six o, whatever Mariano finished with, that's untouchable. Because closers aren't going to be that durable for their entire career. I mean, Mariano had a well, – he took over closing in 97. He finished in, what, 2013? Missed one year. He averaged like 40 saves a year. And was lights on the postseason. More people have walked on the moon than have scored on him in the postseason. Like, 652 is the number. Okay. Nobody's touching 652. That is as unobtainable as Ripken's 28, whatever the fuck it is. It's as I, unobtainable I, I think... as 56 games. And then the strikeouts and the wins. Numbers are just unattainable. Yeah, I would I would put it as 
I think Cal's is the most unbreakable record in MLB right now. Yeah. I think his is number one. Um, I would put the strikeouts probably second. Even though players strike out a lot more than now than they did back then, it's just the starting pitchers, pitchers, pitchers are not going here. to – Right. They're not going to be pitching as long. So you're not going to get 300 strikeouts a season. You know, last year was an anomaly. You know, it's not going to happen, you know, with regularity. Come on, that one year you had Ryan with over 300 strikeouts. You know, it, it was like multiple guys. It wasn't just one person. How many 300-plus strikeout seasons did Randy Johnson have? How many did Nolan have? I but mean, you're not going to get that here. League, the National League League for complete games last year was two. Two. And that year, right, and in those years with uh, 300 strikeouts, how many complete games did Randy Johnson and Nola Ryan have? Probably 15 to 20. 15 probably. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I I think that is number two. First off, with Ripken, the way they do the player analysis in terms of, um, you know, the rest and recovery – Remember, they they don't have greenies anymore. They don't have those popper pills anymore that you can use. So, the rest of recovery is going to be for more most of these players. A lot more yep. muscle injuries now. You know, like Ripken was in great great shape for then, but he was still flabby. You know, Tommy Dreamer says it best: muscles tear, fat doesn't. <laughs> You know, and and you really think about it. Like today's major leaguer plays baseball twelve months a year, and probably has fewer than high school. Where you know other guys are playing football, they're playing basketball, they were playing hockey, they were running track, they were playing whatever. Why? And, and, and the thing is with that is you build up different muscles. You know, you're not constantly doing the same motion. Like, I think a career like Pujols is, is not going to happen again. Where you play 19 years in the big. There's so much more money now. Guys are going to play 10, 15 years ago. Fuck this. I made generational wealth. So get that one well, big contract at, in there. All right. Look, look at Mahomes right now. He signed a 10 year, $450 million deal. Now, we all know it's football, and that's all not guaranteed. I get that, but. Look at that. Look at that that generational wealth. Even if it just goes to four years, 150, I think is what the guaranteed is. You know, and remember, he wasn't hurting for money when he came into the league. His dad made good money as a reliever for 18 years. Yeah. So he wasn't hurting for money. But, yeah, yeah, it's like, 
you, you look at this and these players come in and, you know, let's face it, you know, the money that's thrown around right now with all the TV contracts, which is why I said with Major League Baseball, they don't need fans in the stadium. That's not where they make the money. They make the money in the no. TV deals. Well, and that's the why TV the deals, season's so important, and that's why they're going to a bubble. And, you know, that's the smart thing to do. Now, the question is, where's your bubble going to be? Texas. And L.A. Is that, but you got to be fair to these teams. So you're going to have – and, listen, I know there's really not much of a, quote, unquote, home field advantage, but you got to pick neutral yeah. sites. You can't pick Tampa Bay and have Tampa Bay playing in their own stadium. Just like oh, what, when we talked about with the NHL. Yeah. Don't you think it's, a, it's an unfair advantage? You know, to know the, the bounces and everything of your home court, your home field, it's a disadvantage to every team that goes out there. And you want to be as neutral as possible. So if you go to Texas and let's say you play in the Rangers' new stadium, okay, they're not in the playoffs. So fine. But then what? Well, how many teams make I the playoffs now? Ten? But everybody, yeah, it's ten per league or whatever. Or it's right. eighth league or whatever the fuck it is. But you know what? I don't. It's the top, top two and two wild cards. Yeah. Top two per division well, like, plus two odds, so eight. But I, I look at it this way when it comes to baseball. Baseball is a sport where you know, you're going to have pucks bouncing off the boards. You know, like, it, it's like, so if Major League Baseball goes in there and says, okay, we want uniformity on the fields, they can do that. You know, baseball's not a uniformity game, though. It's not the NFL where the NFL takes over the building two weeks before and they lay new sod for the Super Bowl. And nobody's really on that field until for anything. They may, I think they have a walkthrough on Friday. Nobody's on that field until two days before the game. You know, like, no, I think baseball having a unit, like, one spot, like, I, I understand why they want to have, like, the World Series in Yankee Stadium. But I, I kind of think it would be cool for baseball to say, okay, we're going to play the World Series in – Texas this year, or Houston this year, or wherever the fuck. I always love Kansas City. What's that? I always love Kansas City. That's one of my favorite ballparks out there. Yeah, but the weather sucked in October. Right. Well, it doesn't suck. It's not the... You know, it's not the best. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, 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 I think... I mean, I understand the... 
play at Fenway, wanting to play at Wrigley. I get it. Like, you know, if you're a baseball season ticket holder, you want playoff games in your building. Because you want to... You know, listen, let's be honest. You know, if this if this uh, virus comes comes back, and we, I, I'm probably sure that it will come back, especially in the flu season months. You're not going to want to play in the Northeast. And listen, you won a World Series in Boston. You won a World Series in Chicago. You won a World Series in New York. So while those stadiums would be awesome to play in, uh, we don't really need to see that right now. Um. As much as I don't like Houston, you bring up a great point. Texas, the weather in Texas is going to be a lot better than what it is in the Northeast. And they're gone. Well, no, it's a new stadium in in Arlington. Is is it? Okay. All right, so you got two dome stadiums with Houston and, and Texas in Arlington. You got Arizona. So you, got Tampa, you, can really, you got Miami. But if you're looking to centralize it, which is what the whole key of a bubble is, is to centralize. You got to pick yeah. a spot in the east. You got to pick a spot in the central. But see, that doesn't even make sense because the whole the whole division. I don't know. Yeah, it's look. It's for people who have higher pay grades than us. It's fun to talk about, though. Well, I'm not saying it's not, but right. Holy shit! Kansas City almost ran back an onside kick. Wow, thirty-one twenty is the score in Kansas City. Two minutes to go. But, yeah, no, you know, you brought up a great thing with you know, Miami. So I, I like, I like Miami. Minutes. Yeah. You know, Miami's a great stadium to probably host it. Hey, you'd probably just pick where you played the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. And that would be Miami and San Diego. Yeah. Or San LA. Diego would be an awesome place to play. Yeah. Yeah, well, the weather out there is normally pretty good. What yeah, is it like no, average it like is. 70? 75, I think. Yeah. I'll take it. Oh, I mean... October in San Francisco is nice. But San Francisco is New York West. And besides, you know, with the wildfire that's out there right now, you know, and yeah. I, I said at the beginning of the show, you know, my prayers are out to people out there, and I do have family that's in San Francisco right now. And, um, I, yeah, I did also say that there was one picture that was extremely awesome. And, you know, I, we all get the whole wildfire, not good. We totally understand that. But this picture... That doesn't mean that you're not getting good pictures. 
you know, it was a great picture of uh, the sky lit up in orange, and you had the uh, San Francisco Stadium right there. So it's just a, it's like something you see in a poster. Yeah. It was, it was that cool. But of course, you know, the situation is not cool. What's going on right now? Yeah. Edward Solaire is over 100, 100 yards rushing right now. It looks, it looks like they're trying to give him touchdown number two. Dude, seriously, this kid's running good. Did Mahomes throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns? Oh, no. Nope. I want to say Mahomes is somewhere around 230, 240. Wow. They had two touchdown, two touchdown uh, receptions uh, called back. Um, ooh. Sit down, bitch. Um, they had two touchdown receptions called back. Um, Robinson fumbled it inside the end zone, so they called it no catch. And the other one was, I believe, a penalty. So he has, like, two touchdowns. But he also has a pick. But I don't think he's hit 300 yet. Like, if you have owned the fantasy, like, you're like, all right, all right, that's good numbers. But then you're like, who are you going up against? I am Mahomes, so I think I'm going up against Roethlisberger. Yeah, but, you know, Benifer, he's coming off the torn elbow, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't see him, and, you know, he doesn't have Antonio Brown anymore. Um. Yeah. No. I. I don't. I see this as Rapist Burgers last year. Well, I got. Well, I'm. I'm in a league against the guy who's a huge Steeler fan, and if the guy's a Steeler, he drafts him. <laughs> so, you know, there's been years where we've just fucked with him and taken Roethlisberger like a pick before him. Huh. Just. Just to cut them or trade them, but right. I remember one Mike fantasy Donald. draft. I drafted, yeah. and it it was just the auto draft going. Um, I had to work mm-hmm. that night, and it ended up picking up Ortiz and Manny, and I was like, "Nope, I'm trading them. I don't want them." I finished last that year. Obviously. Yeah, because I could I couldn't get the return investment on them. So what I was getting back in return is probably like uh, it was. So I'm trading a Manny. I'm getting a JD uh, Drew type player in return. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trading David Ortiz. And I'm getting back Mitch Moreland. That's the type of return I was getting. Like, and I just yeah, not good. I couldn't stand it. I cut my that 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 was the last time I actually just you know I I started to allow rivals to play for me after that year because I realized it it's not good. It's fantasy. Like one year, it's fantasy. Yeah, but I'm sorry. You know, 
if I if I take okay, so if I take a rival and they're playing my team, come on. Hey, you hope, you hope your team wins and he hits three jacks. I mean, that's the way it goes. I don't want him to hit a jack. I don't. Listen, I'm sorry, I can't. I just can't. You know, yeah, it, I, I've long one, given up. I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. Like, I just don't care enough. Like, I have this, like, legitimate question with, with the NFL. College football does not allow teams onto the sidelines for the national anthem. Right, because the band usually does it. Right. You know how you stop the kneeling for the anthem? You don't let them on the fucking field. Well, so Houston did not come out for the national anthem or the black national anthem. Um, They waited inside the tunnel. They came out um, after the anthem, uh, right before the coin toss, both teams stood in the middle of the field in unity. Um, for the National Anthem, I did not get on in time to see the first part, but I, I did catch the National Anthem. And, and there were Chiefs standing, I saw. The, the majority. There, there was at least one person kneeling. There was one player that was kneeling. Uh, and least. you know what? I, I, I'm at this point where... Do we have to talk about race in this country? Yes. Are these guys using their platform for it? Yeah. Is it the wrong platform for it? No. Because this is these guys having national stage. Well, no, that's not entirely true, though. And, you know, I respectfully disagree because these athletes, you know, you're Deshaun Watson, you know, you're Mahomes, you're Drew Breeses. They're on stage all year round. I'm not, you know, look, you could easily. Yes, there are some players who have a national stage with what they, with how many kernels of corn they shit out. But you wow, have other guys who don't have the national stage. So, but they can do again, that. They can get the national stage. Like, they can get... Okay, so... Activism, to me, you know, you don't have to be the quarterback to be an activist. No. You can, you can do a lot of the stuff that we're talking of. Are they taking a knee? Yeah, they're taking a knee. Game over. Thirty-four twenty. Um, you can use your your platform. Pay the lady. Have, Robin, who? No, pay the lady because I had Chiefs minus nine and a half. Woohoo! Um, yes, yeah, so you can use your platform all year round. Like you can do your events, you can do your charity functions. You know, you can speak up. You can be involved in a community. But a lot of these guys, they wait until 
you know, football season. It's just like where I used to work at. You know, I was a public utility. I told my people, this is when Obama was coming out, and people love to say, yes, we can, with the buttons and all that stuff. I told them, take, take that off. Nobody outside, you represent this company. When you go into people's right. homes, you are representing this company. And you know what? The NFL, these are employees, and they represent the NFL and the teams that they play for. So while I am all on board with the idea. Right, but they're employees. But but Jerry Jones saying I'm going to find guys and whatever. Hey, guess what, Jerry? Ain't nobody showing up at AT AT&T Stadium to see you run the football. Owners need to say, okay, we get it. You know, Vince McMahon is a very big Trump supporter, both financially and you know, I mean, Jesus right. Christ, the guy's, his wife worked in the administration. Okay? But the New Day know the platform that they have and say, you know what? Now, okay, it's we can speak up now. And, and, and if owners say, hey, you know what? I'm going to stand behind you. This is what – now, I don't like the hypocrisy of the NFL because it comes from Roger Goodell. When they when the Cowboys wanted to name the, the put the names of the fallen police officers Correct. in Dallas and weren't allowed to, when guys wanted to wear September 11th cleats and weren't allowed to, when D'Angelo Williams wanted to wear pink um, – eye black strips and he wasn't allowed to, that's where the problem comes with the middle of the road person that goes, well, wait a second. You find the piss out of Brandon Marshall when he wanted to support right? uh, because you got archaic fucking uniform rules. Right? Uh, Brandon Marshall wanted to support uh, Right, mental health. Peyton Manning wants to wear the black cleats for uh, United. Johnny United. Right, and, no, and I totally agree with you. And the, hypocr- the, the hypocrisy is the problem. Look, right. Devin and Jason McCourty have been, since their days at Rutgers, out in the, out in the community. Now people are paying attention to them. So now their voice grows a little bit more. If we take out the situation in Minneapolis with George Floyd, which really started this, Breonna Taylor is my biggest problem. What happened to her? You know, and those got cops still haven't been charged, which is a fucking well, crime. But, you know, it's crazy because 
we say that. And, you know, this is why, like, I normally try not to jump on something either way. You know, I try to let things kind of play out a little bit. Because now the reports yeah. are that she was basically money laundering for the drug dealer. So she was involved. Her boyfriend opened fire first. So, once again, I'm not saying that what happened was right. You know, because, once again, you have a person that lost their life. And I hate it when people lose their lives, especially needlessly. Um, but there's a lot more to the back to the story, and you know what? Oh, there always A lot of times, with officer-involved shootings, I think you have to allow. There's a lot of things that can't come out right away due to the investigation. So sure. you have to kind of let you have to kind of let it play out, um, like with George Floyd. The initial is, holy Christ, that cop just broke his neck. And the guy was murdered. Well, he was. And he, mean, it, he it, well, well, I'm just saying, like, that's the initial thoughts here. You know, but... And I know what was in the system and all that stuff. Right. But if you've heard the outer reports of it that aren't being covered... Where that cop had a fucking axe to grind against him because of their work in the club together. You know, that, that, you know, that makes but, that cop humorous. Right, but and I think I said it before in the show. You know, or I think maybe, maybe you and I had a conversation. It's, you got to be careful because... Not only, you know, people are upset because this happened, right? It's so out there. You got the video, you got your phone recording it. It's such a horrible image. But the DA looks like they overreached on charges because they were forced to. The initial charges was manslaughter three, which is kind of easier to prove because that's the accidental death. You know, you did something that resulted in the death of this person, and it was accidental, but it's your responsibility. So when you upgrade the charges to murder two, you know, it's like you're overreaching now. So what happens now with what happened with, with Zimmer? He's got, you know, the chances of him being acquitted. Well, let's not forget, George Zimmer, not a cop. Right, but I'm just saying, like, you saw how people reacted when and, he got acquitted. And the other thing with George Zimmer is, and Florida should have learned their fucking lesson previously. Right, stand your ground. Yeah. Not even stand your ground. They should have learned their fucking lesson on Casey Anthony. Charge him with everything. Don't charge him with murder one. Charge him with everything. Oh, he found him not guilty of murder one. Okay, what'd you find him guilty of? Murder two. Okay, cool. But Florida overreached on Casey Anthony. They overreached on George Zimmer. And and, and that's my point. You know, instead of being political, like, like it was political that they had to push the the charges up on uh, on Chauvin. You know, it was really political. It, it was you know they initially had him with the with the murder three, 
you know what? Don't just try to tease people. Do you know? Get what you can prove. Again, charge them with everything and see what gets found guilty of. Well, you can't charge them with everything. You have to pick one. Yeah, you can't charge no, them with murder one, two, and three. No, you can charge them with everything. You can charge them with everything. That's the problem with this country. Is that if you're going to charge him with something, don't put degrees on it. Like, there's so many. Like, look at the Boston bomber. This in there and got, and got his. They found a liberal judge to overturn his fucking death penalty. Are you fucking kidding me? They have video that they played at the fucking trial of this waterhead and his fucking cocksucker brother placing fucking bombs behind eight-year-old fucking kids. Lord and Richard did not deserve to die that day. No, he did not. did not deserve to die that day. They murdered a cop in cold fucking blood. Cold blood. But what? No, we can't charge with death penalty because, dear fucking Christ, God forbid we do it. Fuck off. What that guy did was commit a crime against America. They should have taken that cocksucker into the middle of Fainal Hall, had four fucking horses tied to his fucking limbs, smacked each horse on the ass at the same time, and drawn and quartered that fucking prick. In the middle of fucking Fainal Hall. That would have stopped the fucking kids dancing to fucking hip-hop. I'm like, God damn, we just watched a fucking death today. Sweet. You have no complaints on me that one. Fucking long. You shouldn't be allowed to appeal it more than once. If fucking, that's why I love Texas. If three people give credible evidence that you did what they, they say you did, guess what, cocksucker? You are going to death. And you're not sitting there and there's no appeals. You are on the fucking fast track. There's a goddamn easy path lane. Texas' slogan should be, you kill us, someone here, we'll kill you back. Now that we've gone off on that fucking rant. Yeah, let's go back to sports. <laughs> you know, I was talking to my cousin today, and you know, I actually got, he wants to call in one day and talk basketball, and I, I would love for him to call in. Um, we had a conversation today about James Harden, because oh boy, did he lay a big shit burger today in game in game four. Hayden, um, he looked so dis- Manning. He did. He was. He was so disinterested in playing, and we're talking about. Uh, and I told I told my cousin, I called James Harden, Mellow 2.0, great scorer, not a true leader, 
never going to be that champion. Peyton fucking Manning. Great in the regular season, shitty in the playoffs. But, listen, uh, with Peyton's defense, he did win a Can we get to the point? No, he won one. He got carried to a second it's still okay. He Can got we start Bowl to say that Drew Brees is going to unseat Peyton Manning as the greatest regular season quarterback ever? Did you did you unseat Dan Marino with Peyton Manning? Yes. Yes, years ago. Peyton Manning is the greatest regular season quarterback I've ever seen. He's a perennial Pro Bowl MVP. Drew Brees is taking that title. Dan Marino never had the team around him. Dan Marino never had a defense. He had defenses. He never had a running back. Don Shula, I'll give, yeah. as great as Don Shula was, by the time he got to Marino, he had lost the zip on the fastball. And the only reason why he didn't get unseated the way that Landry did by Jerry Jones was because Wayne Huizenga was afraid and Joe Robbie was afraid to get rid of him. Because you look at the Dolphins, Dan Marino retired 20 years ago. They are still searching for the next Dan Marino. They're still searching for the next Don Shula. You mean was it uh, Ryan Tannehill? No, because Adam Gase fucked him up. And then he got to an offense where he could actually fucking work, and you saw what he did last year. He was on my fantasy team. He carried me at the end of that year. Tannehill. Yeah. First off, Tannehill had probably the hottest wife in the league. If you ever saw her, she's just amazing. Yeah. In a league Honey, where everybody's yeah, got a hot If my wife is listening, I love you. I'll think of her tonight. No. My wife is listening, she, and she knows how that works. Uh, AJ McCarron, one of the hottest women in the world he was dating. Oh, yeah. Catherine Webb. What, like, Catherine Webb? On, yeah. On fucking believable. Brady Quinn's wife. Not that <coughs> Doesn't have her brother's draw. Thank God she doesn't have her brother's jawline. <laughs> I'm sorry. A.J. Hawk, right? A.J. Hawk's wife. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. A.J. Hawk's wife. Thank God she got her, her brother as a good-looking guy. Because A.J. Hawk no, married the thought- Brady sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> AJ Hawk married Brady Quinn's sister. 
And that guy smokes more heaters than anybody I've ever seen. God bless A.J. Hawk and that fucking jawline. Um, can we go into sports media for a quick second? Go right ahead. To the cocksucker who has complained in the two days that Pat McAfee has been on Sirius Mad Dog Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82, that Pat McAfee curses too much, fuck you, pal. Fuck you, you Okay, so, all right, so uh, I need to talk to you about this. Yeah. Because I know you, you've been praising Pat for a long time. Love you Pat got me so. You got me so Jones to listen to him. I can't no. find what time he's on. 12 to 3, um, Monday through Friday. So 12 now. to 3. And he's on, and the show's on the YouTube live, so you can get to YouTube, and then if you're in the car, you can listen on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 12 to 3. 2 to 3 is McAfee and Hawk, Sports Talk. Dude, McAfee is, he's got, Aaron Rodgers does no interviews. Every Tuesday, he's having Aaron Rodgers on during the football season. Hmm. Because I heard Aaron Rodgers. I know you. I know you swear by him. So you know. Yes. Wow. Did Can you, you ever get the football out of your mouth? Do not Pat fuck punter off. He's a punter. I don't care that he's a punter, dude. That guy is one funny human being. Speaking of funny, I am watching the greatest movie of all time right now. The Princess Bride. Five shot? As you wish. I I, I must give one more thing. Um, we are 19 minutes away from September 11th, and I live in a town in Jackson that has their own 9-11 tribute in light by the firehouse. I never knew they did this. It's fucking awesome. I love the town I live in. I will never leave Jackson, New Jersey. I also, today, on my later, my last trip at the um, quarry, um, the Tribune and Lights on. Tonight, not a good night for it. No. Aaron, way too heavy. I mean, you can see it. It looked nice. I have a picture that somebody took a year or two ago. I, I got to find it and I'll send it to you. That they got from like one of like the yards at work. And it's really cool. And I got to send it to you. But it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing 19 years ago. Yeah. You know, and you could see that day as clear as yesterday. I was in the trade center that morning. I missed it by about an hour. Yeah, I got to uh, my desk in Brooklyn. I was doing customer service at the time uh, for the utility I worked for. Um, I sat down. After I had my coffee, 
you know, first guy that I really spoke to had a problem with his bill. You know, I fixed the bill for him. And then he starts talking to me about, you know, crazy, the plane hitting a tower. I was like, yeah, okay, what are you talking about? And um, sure enough, you know, from then on, um, my office was on the Flatbush side of the bridge. So yeah. right across the bridge was, you know, lower Manhattan. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, once, once the towers came down, the mass exodus of people, it, it seriously was refugees, man. They're covered in dust. We had a Popeye's chicken across the street from us. They were out there giving water to people. It, it really was for one of the worst times for this country. Yeah. It showed how great how great we were. I mean, we we didn't care about no color of a skin. We didn't care about anything other than, you know, we're Americans and we need to get together. Um yeah. My job afforded me the opportunity to be in Ground Zero working. Um, I was there the next morning. Uh, My dad, who worked for the company for 36 years, you know, he was, you know, he brought me with him. Um, My dad worked day and night for about two months Mm. in that area. You know, Outback Steakhouse come in, you know, donating food, Applebee's. Uh, he, you know, he was in the, the trade center at six o'clock in the morning. You know, my sister was in the trade center that uh, that morning as well. You know, Tony Nardini was in the was in the was on the trade center. You know, in, in the train. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, and it's just amazing how. You know, it, it really is. I mean, it was such a beautiful morning that day. I remember. I'll never forget. Yeah. No, I mean, it was like the perfect day. Beautiful, not a cloud in the sky. I mean, it was God's gift. That's how beautiful the day was. Yeah. You know, and the part that, like, sickens me about this country today is that we went from a day like that and and not just that day. Like we we've dealt with hurricanes, we've dealt with tornadoes, we've dealt with natural disasters. And it's never it's always become an American thing, right? Like we all become Americans that day. Like after Hurricane Sandy ravaged ravaged by Yep. Right. And then, like, three days later, we're at each other's throats again. I, I've always felt that sports and music are something that brings us together. Which is why it's a little frustrating right now with, I think, the over-polarization of sports at this moment. You know, a lot of us, we watch sports to get away from problems. As an escape, yep. Not to, yeah. and you know, honestly, I was not going to watch football today. You know, I was not into it. I, yeah, I think the only reason why I watched it really was for the show. 
Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, like I really have no eagerness to watch sports. I, you know, the NBA, which I love basketball. Like I grew up, I played basketball a lot as a kid. Yeah, you know, I played it as a teenager. Uh, I played it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's you know, I'm sorry, I don't want to see you know. I don't want to see political statements all over the place. I want to be entertained. Yeah. I don't want to be lectured. If I want to be lectured, I go to school. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'll go take a li- I'll go take a liberal course in college if I want to get lectured on life. Like I, I totally I got, get I, I... the message. I believe that the message is always lost because there's never a follow-up. There's never a, you know, guys, you know, we got momentum. Let's let's continue the talk. You know, how do we get to talk? Like mm-hmm. Kaepernick. Ka- Kaepernick starts this four or five years ago, and then he's insulting the people he's trying to bring to the table. He talks about police, yeah. police brutality, and then he wears pig socks. How is that going to bring the people that you want to bring to the table? How is that going to, to help your cause with them? You know, yeah, that, I, I think. Yeah, you, you, you say the words oppression, and this country's oppressive, but then you wear a Fidel Castro shirt at Chao Guerrero. You know, it's like, do you not know what oppression is? Let's it, ask people of Cuba and Venezuela. You know, I, I think it comes down to this. I think it, it's one of those things where everybody has a different opinion of what needs to be done. That what unfortunately starts to happen is that you got six people who are fighting for the same thing. It's like telephone. Mm-hmm. Like I heard um, a guy on with McAfee back in June. I want to say. And he was talking about his idea for defunding the police. He says, we don't want to, I guess the group he was representing, didn't want to defund the police to the point where you abolish the police. But he was saying how Hey, why don't we restart the police athletic leagues? And and stuff like that and get community policing. I've always thought that the worst thing that happened to communities, especially inner city communities like we grew up in, is when the police started moving out of the community. 
Right. My cousin is a like if you, detective in, Jer- in Jersey City, and mm-hmm. she lives an hour away. So, like, if like I grew up, we had a detective on our block, right? He was he was he was uniform, and then he became a detective. And everybody on the block knew there was a cop there. Yep. You know. We would play in the schoolyard across the street from my parents' house. You know, all the kids in the neighborhood. He'd come out and play. He'd come out and, and join in and play stickball or touch football or hockey or whatever sport we were playing. He'd come out. And you know, and everybody such, knew him. And it's such a deterrent for drug dealers and these bad guys from mm-hmm. preying on on us as kids because, hey, we got Officer McAfee with us today. You know, Officer McAfee lives in that house right there, and he watches us. And everybody knows Mm -hmm. Officer McAfee is there. Absolutely agree with you. I got, you know, not only do I have my cousin, but I have a couple of friends on the force, and they don't live there. They don't live in Jersey City. You know, my, my parents right now, you know, my father has finally hit, you know, he's gonna. He wants to sell his house and move. Finally, after mm-hmm. forty years, um, and I told him, I was "Like, pop, you know, I totally agree with you, and I want to help you move. You know, so let's go and let's get this done. You know, and then you know, my dad, ever since he had, <coughs> excuse me, ever since he had his heart attack, he's um, very sketchy with his mind. I, you know, I honestly think he's in the very early stages of dementia. Um, so that's like another reason why I want him to move because I want him to be closer to me um, so that way I can take care of you know, him and my, and my mother. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, you, you got to move because, unfortunately, you know, the good guys don't live there. The good guys, you know, ever, I want to say ever since February, they don't come around the block anymore. Mm-hmm. And the drug dealers are overrunning. And they've always had a strong presence on my father's block. My father's block is two blocks long. You know, the bottom block is all houses. And where he lives, which is between Kennedy and Bergen, is a mixture of houses and buildings. And the buildings is where mm-hmm. drug dealers live. Accidentally live there because they're all come. They had a hot dog guy go in front of uh, uh, the preschool on our block. And he's selling hot dogs till 3 o'clock in the morning for all the drug dealers. And, like, my dad finally had it. And I was like, well, you got to move, Dad, because the cops aren't going to come around anymore. I hate to say it, but, you know, you kind of hit it on the head where they don't live there. They don't... You know, they don't live there anymore. You know, they want to, they want their families to grow up in better environments. And unfortunately, you know, better schools. Want, it's not a, right. It's not a great environment. It worked out for us. But, you know, because, you know, but with us, we still had cops living in the city. Right. Right. When my, when my brother-in-law, 
uh, when he became um, a fireman in Bayonne, you know, he had to live there for one year. Like, he lived there all his life. Uh, mm-hmm. But he just got married, and they were going to move. You know, he wanted to move out west. But once he got married, when it coincided him joining the, the force. Yeah. So he knew that he had to stay there for one year. So he, he bought a house. Uh, he bought a three-family investment house. And he lived there for one year. Yep. And then he bought his other house. And then he moved out west. And he's been commuting back and forth for about 15 years. See, that's the good you know, thing with New York City still. But, they're, they're, but, but, like, here's the thing. Like, so when you look at, like, the inner cities, like Jersey City, like New York City, the biggest problem is is that a rookie beat cop who gets, who you know, Without overtime, can't survive. No. We're like, no calls that pays their rookies more than New York City does pre-overtime, obviously. Right. But, like, how – if you're taxing guys where they have to work overtime just to afford to live where you're telling them they have to live – you know, like, what really are they, what good are they doing, and what good is being done for them when they're working 16 hours a day? It's not like they're Port Authority cops where they can live wherever the fuck they want because they can work wherever the fuck they want. As long as they're right. Mean. But, like, I think, and that's the, the, the conversation that starts that needs to be had here, is why was it so great 30 years ago? Well, the problem was when New York City used to, like, when guys could live in New York, had to live in New York, they started being targets. So then they said, okay, you can move to Long Island. Oh, okay. See ya. I'm out. Legitimately, what happened? I'm out. See you later. I, I, I don't have to. Okay, bye. Let's me about Long Island. Is the series over yet or no? I don't think so. Like, I didn't think Dallas was going to win another game against Vegas. It's just, you know, you saw what happened tonight. Like, no, I don't think that series is over. I think I think the Islanders are playing catch up because they were taxed in the last round. So like that's the thing with Vegas and and Dallas is that they were both pushed to the limit, Vegas should have finished that series off the clock, like five or six. It's just well, the fact that was the on Islanders. his game. The Islanders should have been done in yeah. four. So, in, in all seriousness, you start getting to the point where you start squeezing the stick a little bit. 
I mean, Vegas is out shooting teams two to one and losing games. What did Vegas out shoot Dallas by tonight? Twenty. I'll tell you in a second. And I know at one point they were up like fifteen shots. And in the third period, granted they were down a goal going into the third period, but twenty-three shots for Dallas and forty shots for Vegas. So Vegas didn't get get a shot in overtime. But is Vegas the better team? Yeah. When do you turn to the flower? Where is the I don't flower? think you do. No, I I think Lerner at this point, you know, the wagon's been hitched. Unless he has like the worst game in the history of the of the playoffs. And I don't think you see the flower. And he did, and you still didn't see him. And speaking of the flower, you know, is it possible he goes back to Pittsburgh next year? Because they're already talking about trading Matt Murray. Well, they like um, – oh, That'll be an interesting name? return. Well, they like Tristan Jerry. And they're going to hitch their wagon to him because – see, here's the problem with Pittsburgh. They have so much money tied up in – yeah. Other players? Crosby and Malkin. Crosby, Malkin. Um, uh, the defenseman. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Why, why can't I think of his uh, name fuck. right now? All world defenseman. Oh, oh, fuck. I can see his name. I just can't think of it. Yeah. Um. And we're idiots because we should know this because he is an all-star defenseman. Uh, yeah. blah, 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 I'll say right now. I was just going to pull it up here. Um, Letang. Um, Letang, yeah. Letang. Yeah, Letang. We get a ton of money on him. Hornquist makes a bunch of money. So they're going to have to go cheap somewhere else. Well, that's why they had to trade uh, what's-his-face. No, uh, what's-his-face. Jesus Christ. Am I bad today or what? Kessel? There's, yeah, there you go, Kessel. I just said his name, Fat Fuck Phil. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you said something. Do you realize else. Phil Kessel's been on? Phil Kessel's a great player. He's been on four teams already. Did he hit thirty yet? Oh, Kessel. Yeah. Oh, how how old is Fat Fuck Phil? Fat Fuck Phil is thirty-two. What was the longest that he stayed? Was that Boston? Was that three or four years? No, it wasn't even there in a while. It seems like every two or three years he's traded. He was in Boston for three years. He was in Toronto for five, one, two, three, four, five, six years there. He was in Pittsburgh for wow. four years. 
Here's the question. Will fat fuck Phil get the 500 goals? Where's he at? 371 now. 371. 32 years old? You have to figure he has at least another two or three years of good to real good production. So maybe at least another two or three years of 30 goals. And he plays 82 so games figure, a year. This was his worst year since his rookie year in goals. What do you have, like 20? Uh, he has 14. 24? What? No, he's 14. He played the whole season? Played, he played 70 games, yeah. So, here, Fat Fuck Phil played 70 games his rookie year. This was legitimately his worst year. Since his rookie season, or second season, remember he's not playing with with a lot of offensive talent out there. Yeah, but Phil only got fourteen. Yeah, but yeah, once again, no, I I don't see him at five hundred. He needs to like he needs to go to a a team with a legitimate playmaker. He needs a legitimate playmaker. He needs a Nick Backstrom. He needs a Sidney Crosby. He needs somebody to feed him and not donuts. Yeah. You know, he's not, let's see, he's not, he's not the player that Brett Hall was. Because Brett Hall was a great sniper, no. but he can also do it on his own if needed. He's not Tamu Solani. He's not Mo Gilney. Who he is, he's not a bad player. But he's not that type of person that is a sniper and a playmaker. Yeah. See, a, a Crosby, you know, McDavid, He's not on that level. He, you know who he reminds me of? He's a John LeClaire. You know, with the right line mate, you know, he'll light it up for you. But he's not somebody that can carry your team. You know, Lindros had LeClaire and Recky. Yeah, you know that that's a, that's a great line, exactly. Hey, how about speaking of Rex? How about Rex getting signed by the Devils to be an assistant coach? So the Boston he influence did? is definitely showing. Yeah, yes. So the Boston influence is showing in New Jersey. On, from Fitz. Hmm. Well, come on, man. You know, you knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it's like, kudos to Lindy Ruff for making that, making that move. Maybe the Devils are a goaltender away. They got the most cap space of anybody. But are they going to get the Holpe? 
I'm going to go with Holpe. Guess who else is a UFA? Who? Panda. Hmm. You know what? I'll even tell you right now. They don't have to sign a free agent. They got good assets on that team. Mm, what they if you traded that? Right, but what if you traded that number one pick? Which you one? Know, that, was it number eight? Number eight overall. What if you can get yourself a flower? Whoa, 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 whoa! Or it, it, no, don't even bring it up for the Devils. Because if you're a Devils fan who watched the last round of the watched the Knights and Canucks. You should have been throwing up in your mouth the entire time. Because Bo Horvath was yours. You traded him for Corey Schneider. Elias Pedersen should have been yours. You drafted Nico Heischer. Fuck out of here. You there? Yeah. I'm sorry. I got I got kicked off. I guess God didn't like that whole you know trade for flour. It, it sounded like your head was about ready to explode, but before I got kicked off. No. It, look, I think you could with what you have available. You could go out and sign Tory Krug. Who is a free agent who's going to command some big money? Mm-hmm. Um, he's ripe for the picking. He would fit in well there. Um, you could sign, hell, you could sign marketing. You like fucking Vancouver. They like Vancouver's fucking scrub backup goaltenders. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying that they can go big. You know, hey, boy. They can. The problem is, do guys want to play in New Jersey? Well, that's why... Players, it's just like with, with the Islanders. Are they really a hotspot for free agents? No. So what what do they have to? They have to get their stars traded in, or drafted. Yeah. You know, and that's you know the the Islanders, the the Devils, they're not the hotspots for free agents. You know, people want to go to New York, L.A. You know, th- those are always going to be the top spots and. and Hockey, of course, Montreal, Toronto. Vegas. Right, because right, it's 100 degrees all year round. Play golf. You know, no, go it's play not. Golf with JR at- no, it's not. Have you ever been to Vegas in January? I'm, joke- I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, Vegas in January is like the fall here. It's it's gorgeous, but it's fucking cold, especially at night. Right. 
Right, but it's golf all year round. Yeah. And that listen, that's great. I, I'm not trying I'm not trying to be negative towards golf all year round. You know. But it was part of my joke. It it's the desert, yeah. it's hundred degrees all, all year round. Don't get too offended. You, you, your nipples are hard right now because I, I suggested trading flurry. I'm not I'm not trading flurry. Look, I I look, there's a part of me. I, I'm on VGK Twitter, right? I see what goes on there. Mm-hmm. Um, people are losing their shit every time Flower doesn't play. I legitimately said to somebody today, how is he supposed to get records if he's not playing? And I'm like, because his name's in the right record book. Like, did he, did he fuck the coach's wife or something? No, here's what happened. He came in. No, he came back from the break out of shape. Leonard believes that round is a shape. (laughs) Okay. Leonard... I think, look, in, in the in the round robin, Leonard outplayed Flurry. Has Len, outside of one game against against um, Vancouver, has Leonard been terrible? No, <laughs> no. Right, so Leonard hasn't been terrible. Neither has Flurry. It's it, <laughs> It's one of those yeah, the things one game where the Flurry played, you know, he, he was on fire. <coughs> he gave a like very solid, the, especially the, for not playing. Yeah, like both goaltenders have lost in this series, right? Both of their goaltenders have now lost in this series. Yes, Leonard lost in overtime. Flower lost one nothing on the first shot he faced. Not his fault. Like neither loss is the goal. I can never blame the goaltenders on this on the two losses. You're a team that scores three fuck four goals a game, and you just aren't putting the puck in the net. And to be honest with you, so you probably still could you still could score three or four goals a game because you are putting shots on net. And you're putting quality. You're going to win this. Look, you're going to win this series in six. Right? Like, I I don't think this series goes seven. I don't think you can let this series go seven. Because I, I, I – do you want to play a rested – Do I, what do I think the Islanders can get to? I think the Islanders can get to six. You better – if you're Vegas or Dallas, you better hope they get that series to six. You don't want to go seven in this round twice in a row. No. Yeah, I love me to Ranger South, man. And they're not even the Ranger South anymore. They still got McDonough. Is that about it? Cause is uh, Callahan still technically on the team? No. 
I forget where Callahan is, but he's not there anymore. I know he's not playing, but I think he's still technically. Because I think he's been on injured reserve all year. Could be. I don't know Callahan is. Google Ryan Callahan. Well, I had a uh, NHL.com up, so never mind. He's on the Senators. Is he? Yeah. But he hasn't played. Yeah, there he is. They still have him in a Tampa Bay uniform. Yeah, good good job, Wikipedia. Yeah, he hasn't played. It was just a cat move. Yeah. Shame. I love Kelly. Kelly was a great player. Kelly was a very good second or third line player that, unfortunately, in the yeah. Oilers. They never had a first line, so everybody played first line minutes, which helped them out until the fact that you had to play against teams that were like the Devils in 12 was, um, you know, a team that had four lines, and the Rangers just could not match them. No. That's always been the Rangers' problem. They never had that fourth line. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take anything from Danny, but he, I know he was on the fourth line, but he had no, there was like, you know, who, who, who's mess. on the fourth line? No, he played with mess. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to think, like, who were their prominent third, uh, well, you know, I guess since the whole wig line, that was a decent fourth line. Because who was it? It was whole wig. Try, try to remember him. Price. Let's see something here. Because the Rangers in 2006. 
Madison Avery was on a team. Blair Betts. Dubinsky was coming into his league. Yeah. Yeah, they had some bangers. Yeah, but they also had to have those guys because of the fact that Yager and Shant. Yeah, but you also like guys like Yager. Yeah, but those those guys were there because of, like, the Yagers, the Shanahan. Like, those guys were commanding big money deals. Well, Shanahan was on this Gomez. What's that? Drew, uh, Drew wasn't on the team. Gomer wasn't on the team. No, I'm just the big stars are saying like they the big stars here. Remember, this is like the check line. So it was Straka here. No, I don't see Straka. Yes, yeah, Straka was here. Oh, so oh. Straka, Ruchinski, uh, yeah, Peter Pukra, you know, Yager. Um, yeah, Peter Pukra. Remember him? Oh, Sandy was on the team. Yeah, you're right. So Shani was there. I knew he was. Michael Nylander? Yep. This Ranger team was actually... Yeah. Ruchinski was on the team? Ruchinski was on the team, yeah. Because it was the all-check line. So normally it was Yager, Straka... And I don't know if it was Hosa that played a lot with them, or it was Rachinsky. I think it was Rachinsky. I want to say Rachinsky played with him more. I didn't think Rachinsky was was there. Because I want to say Shanahan played with Nylander. I didn't realize Ruchinski was with that team. No, he wasn't. I was wrong. He was. I'm mistaken uh, Ruchinski for uh, Rakunik. Yeah. <laughs> now, Ruchinski came back after they traded him to Vancouver. Right. I think what Avery played with Shanahan, didn't he? Um, I can't even tell you. We got Matt Cullen on the team. Mm hmm. That was another guy like who. Like- Like, Colin was another guy, like, on that team who was, like, he was there because they needed guys cheap. Yeah, because all your money was tied up with Yager. Yeah. Yeah. I well, know. Because, and, and that's why the Rangers fought the, the salary cap so hard, because they were so fucking behind it. Was Holik right. still on that team? No Holik. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Halik was there for one year. Is there one or two? This year we had Casper. That would have. Jesus. Casper minus when he got there. Uh, yeah, Merrick Malik. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Ole Miss. I think that was like his like second to last year in the league. Yeah. Michael Rosenthal. Rosenthal was good there. Because we were the Czech national team. You know that, right? We well, that were was the Rennie Czech still. national team. Yeah. yeah, the only thing you didn't have was Hashik. <laughs> we did have easily the top two Czech players in the world with Straka and uh, Jager. It's amazing how what what was that? This year Jager had what fifty two, right? No, this, this year Jager only had thirty. He had ninety six points. Straka was basically a point uh, per game player 50? as well. Was that oh seven? Was it the next year he had fifty? Yamir Yager. No, it was the year before. Is it one of those years that they're so, 52? He had 54. He had 100. That, that's the year that he should have won uh, the MVP. Yeah. He had uh, 54 goals and 123 points. <clears throat> Who won the MVP that year? Let me guess, Crosby. No. Oh. So 2005, 2006. Thornton. With Boston or is that? San Jose, it looks like. It's amazing that he's still in the league. What's amazing is how him and Brent Burns don't tie their beards together. Yeah, so we're two. You know, he was with them the that that one year. So when when Yager hit fifty four, that was the line. It was like Rachinsky, Straka, and uh, and Yager. And Yager did not want to fucking do a penalty shot. I remember that. Yeah. He was. He did then, not want anything to do with the shootout. And then the next year, Richinsky left and Shanahan came on. That Peter Sikora. Then once again, it's the all check team. Peter Pruka, Michael Roosevelt, Yager, Hosa, 
you know, damn, why couldn't we get the other Hosa? Marcel was just such a he was such a pansy. Yeah. We could get the other host because it was too fucking good. No, we got 90 seconds left in the show. Yay. Uh, I got nothing else, you? Uh, nothing else other than the, you know, it's officially 9-11 and you know, please remember those who sacrificed, you know, for us. You know, all those innocent lives that were lost. And um, go USA, I guess. Yeah. All right. Good show. We'll do it again next week or something. All right. Yeah. Uh, let me know what's good for you, and we'll make it happen. All right. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Later, bro. Later. All right, take care.